What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 166. And the boys are back in town. Welcome back, Alex. Ohio Gazimas, Jason. Thank you for looking after Futatsu episode deaths uh, while I was in Nihon. <laughs> no worries, mate. No worries. Uh, welcome back, Alex. How was your trip? Uh, it was amazing. It was really good. We, ha- we got a really different version of Japan this time. We went... Instead of doing like the main, you know, Honshu Island, Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka, do Hiroshima, like the main stuff, mm-hmm. which we've done before, we went to Shikoku Island. Yep. And it's a version of Japan where there's no people. Like oh. it's a completely different experience. Yeah, you know, right. we went to parks and temples. We're the only people there. And, and we need to remember that Japan has 125 million people. They have 100 million people more than Australia has. And Japan's like the size of, I don't know, Victoria. Mm. And um, yeah, it was, it was the, it was amazing, especially that Ear Valley that we went to. So um, why is there no one there? Because they're all on the main island. Right. And you know, when they talk about how um, Japan has that real problem with the age, the demographic, the age demographic. Mm-hmm. I was super concerned because I saw not one young person yeah, when yeah. I was on Shikoku Island. Yeah. But when I went back to Honshu, heaps. And like heaps of families, heaps of young kids. Yeah, okay. And like that, that part looked healthy, but the rural farmland. And when I say we saw no young people, well, I saw no middle-aged people. Right. It was like old, old. Yeah. Old, yeah. old. Yeah. Every shop we went to was an old person. Every... Um, like every uh, hotel, you know, the the porters were like 60, 70 year old men, you know. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was a really different experience. But that that um, Ear Valley that we went to is one of the most picturesque places I've ever been to in my life. Yeah. Some to get nerdy, we went on like a little um, uh, river cruise there. So so basically, it's a it's a valley with water in the bottom and these really sharp mountains. There's mountainous areas, like Alps, like European Alps, I guess. Mm-hmm. But suits like really densely shrubbed uh, um, hills. So Japan is like something like 70% hill, like that you can't mm-hmm. really do a lot. That's why it's so densely populated on all the flat stuff. Right. But there's this one geologic, this special geological part of the Ia Valley, which is like the only place on Earth where the rocks have formed in a particular way that they can ascertain that it was a seabed and they can time it exactly to 200,000 years ago. Right, okay. And um, it's, it's crazy that the, the water, like the rocks are all shaped, at like, like angled at like a 50 degree angle the yeah, whole wow. way down the valley. So they know that 200,000 years ago, that not just a like a, a massive current was pushing for thousands and thousands of years through mm-hmm. that section. And it was all underwater. Interesting. So Almost like there was a great flood. Or like the climate changed during that period of time. But Yeah, well, it was all the, um, you know, the fires that, um, when they just invented fire and they, you know, they're testing uh, it out and it was the yeah, carbon in it. Idiot. It actually, it's an interesting thought that, because obviously it's, those mountains are so high up, so you, you're clearly looking at erosion from like a river system or whatever over an mm-hmm. extremely long period of time, and it just makes you wonder if, you know, our world was originally like the land mass was much larger than it actually is now, 
and it's just all eroded inward over such a long like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years well we know like i saw a little clip yesterday that there's a there's a place called new zealand new zealandia right which is the landmass that's underneath new zealand mm-hmm. that was it's like the size of australia or half the size of australia that's just submerged in the water and yeah, like okay. if the, so the water receded you know uh, 20 meters then there'll be all this new landmass so the land's changed you know over and over and over again and it will continue to do so so yeah, yeah. japan's got a very different view on well from what i noticed they've got a very different view on climate change climate mm-hmm. change is definitely a thing they say the climate has changed they talk about climate change yeah but they don't talk as much about human caused climate change right and you can tell that because everything's wrapped in plastic <laughs> like everything yeah because they they're have, a very clean culture too, right? Absolutely. Oh, one of the cleanest places on earth. Yeah. But they're, they're trash culture. So they, I assumed they're very, they must recycle a lot because they have specific bins that, where we have one, maybe two bins, trash and recycling. Yep. They probably have five bins to break each item down into specific, you know, bottles, uh, uh, sorry, steel bottles, glass bottles, plastics mm-hmm. trash other you know yeah and um i had a look and they are number one in the world for recycling bottles okay they just burn everything else <laughs> for energy. oh yeah fair enough yeah so um i thought that was interesting and look if they if they change their plastic culture I mean, they could they could produce more than anyone or anywhere I've been. Like the, the 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 plastic is insane. Yeah, insane. Now they have changed some somewhat slightly. You used to go into a like a Seven Eleven or a Family Mart, mm-hmm. and no matter how big or small, like you could have bought that, and they would just put it in a bag, right? And give it to you, and that, now they ask for a bag. So they are actively they're doing some stuff, yep. but obviously it's a hard um, culture. Like, sorry, it, it's such. Imp- it's so embedded in their culture, it's going to be hard to sort of shift. Yeah, and it's interesting because obviously uh, Japanese culture is such a far, like a, a long-lived culture. Mm. So, and I would assume that it's a culture that did do things like keep records and or like those sorts of things. So I find it interesting how a culture that is so old uh, is not so focused on man-made climate change. It's more focused on how the climate does change the over climate time. Yeah, 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 yeah. They definitely, uh, they don't have that. They don't catastrophize it. Yeah, like what we do, which I found I found really interesting. I think a lot of that just comes from the fact that uh, they're a far more respectful culture, and they they don't strike me as a kind of culture that is happy to lie to their people for profit. It would appear that way. It, it does feel like they're very... They have a lot of national pride. Yeah. Uh, they are very... Like, as long as it benefits Japan, they will they will do it. Yep. But they also don't want to... It's not in their culture to to stand out. Like, yep. they want to be quiet. They want to be... Um, what's the word? Like, they, they want to live in a really cohesive... Therefore... Therefore, no one. What's what's the saying? Is something like the nail, the nail that sticks out, the one that gets hammered, or something right. along, you know, yep. something to that effect. 
But um, no, it, it was an awesome trip. Uh, ridiculously hot, very humid uh, mm-hmm. to go on this in this um, period of time. It had not changed. Uh, okay, so their COVID stuff. I thought I'd talk about their COVID stuff. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Now, we would have thought, I mean, I, I definitely thought that they would be absolutely affected by it because they have such an old mm-hmm. civilization and they're all densely populated, right? Yeah. They're an indoor culture primarily and they, they live in very dense cities. So I thought they would, they would be really negatively affected. And you've and got I a lot of they, generations living under the same household too. Yeah, yeah. In tiny houses. Yeah. So I thought that they would have extreme measures in place during the pandemic. And it could not have been further from the truth. They recommended masks. And I, I would say there was maybe a 10%, maybe a 20% uplift in, in mask wearing. They were already a mask culture prior to that. Totally, yeah. Uh, they had no lockdowns ever. Mm-hmm. They didn't lock down anything. All the schools were open all of the time. Um. That I didn't get to talk about vaccines. Okay. I didn't get to speak to anyone about vaccines. But the one big difference is the doctors would see you and the doctors prescribed you drugs when you had COVID. Right, to try to actually treat COVID. Yeah. yeah. And they brush it off. Like, there's no... If you had it, you didn't have to stay home. Yeah. There wasn't a worry about trans- transmission. It's like, oh, it's just a thing we're going to get. Mm-hmm. And again, like that also strikes me as something that happens because they are a culture that has respect for its own people. And I mean, I don't think that there is a Japanese tie to any of the vaccination uh, manufacturers or anything like that. So, mm. well, you know, Merck and Merck, well, I mean, ivermectin was a Japanese invention. There was that. True, and yeah. there was it was a Japanese university that invited Merck to use their lab to test it for COVID, and Merck declined. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, no, that, so that's, um, that's very interesting. Um, especially, like you said, because they, they were already a mass culture and they do have an older demographic. Um, that is super interesting just to know that they, yeah, they, they did very little. And, you know, what's, what's the difference between how they're it? going now as compared to how the rest of the West is going? I mean, they kept rolling. Yeah. We, we it's funny that if you think about if you, you look back on our version of COVID, we never really talked about Japan. No, we did it. We did at one point, I remember, because it was it was around the time that Anastasia Palaszczuk went there uh, for the Olympic Games to secure the Olympic Games. Don't forget that we were the only bidder for. Um, and I remember we spoke about it around that time because there was a few things that happened around Japan that were interesting. Number one, it was a like a hotbed of COVID at the time she went over there, mm-hmm. or at least that's what our media was, was reporting to us. But the second thing too, you'll remember, is there were those stories that came out about how COVID basically ceased to be an issue at one stage in Japan and they're talking about how they thought That's it right. may have evolved itself into extinction. That's just right. in yeah, Japan. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was quite. But I think it was. It evolved to care factor. It's like, well, no, this is just a thing that we get now. And I also think a lot more of it was you had doctors that would actually treat patients that had it. So then it was a non-issue anymore. True. Yep. 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 Yeah. Definitely could be that. Definitely could be that. 
Mm. So yeah, um, no, it was very good. Uh, your shows are very good. While uh, I listened to the the, the shows, so, thank you. Um, Made an absolute I mean, fool out of myself with my prediction for uh, last week's grand final, but that's all good. Any excuse for so the Broncos theme song? <laughs> I'm not. I'm obviously I'm not a, a football guy. Yeah, but I watched the second half only because I got the times wrong, and I thought I was going to watch the whole thing, but I watched the second half, and then one of the gym, trainers at the gym is a like a mad Broncos fan. Yep, and I I had a lot of fun just poking holes in the like basically how the Broncos didn't play the full 80 minutes yeah they stopped playing with 10 minutes to go yeah and there were so many things there were so many analogies I could make in that particular workout at the time <laughs> where, <laughs> where I could use it and it was, it was great and he was ultra disappointed and I really I reveled in that I like that I like putting people down like that yeah, look... Especially when I've got no skin in the game, because I don't give a... For sure, for sure. And look, what's interesting is... Uh, uh, most people are saying that that is, like, the greatest grand final in the history of grand finals, as far as entertainment factor goes. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it was exactly what we wanted. It was the top two teams that have been the two best teams all season, going hammer and tongs, uh, you know, seesawing momentum, and... Look, at the end of the day, the, the better team won on, on the day. Uh, the the thing, other thing I liked too is that, that it didn't seem to be... Con- like, the few games... I only watched the big games. Yep. And a lot of those big games are marred by refereeing issues. Yeah, I know. There didn't re- seem to be any of those. Amazing performance from Adam G, yeah. the, ref- the referee. He he was... Yep. He did... That's how the game's supposed to be played. Let the players decide who wins the game, not the ref. Yep. Um, yep. But the thing that killed us was errors in the first uh, 10 to 20 minutes. Because that's, at one stage, uh, I think it was about the 20th minute mark, they put the stats up, and the Broncos had only completed 4 out of 11 sets, and the Panthers had completed 11 out of 11 sets. Right, right. And that means you, you're just defending, defending, defending all the yeah. time. And don't forget to, like, you, you sort of missed the first half, but the only try the Panthers scored in the first half was off one of our own errors. We, we kicked a short dropout, and uh, Herbie Farmworth tried to knock it back to one of our players. There was no player there, and the Panthers hooker just picked the ball up and scored a try. So, like, literally their only try in the first half was scored off an error, uh, but all of that extra defensive work we did at the beginning of the game just mean we were spent by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And that last try that Nathan Cleary scored, for example, like, three of our forwards just were stuck in the mud. He put on the, the world's smallest step, and no one could go with him. Um, yeah, yeah. So look, at the end of the day, experience won the day. Uh, the Panthers are the best team of the NRL era. That's uh, my opinion. It's also, you know, a lot of people are saying the exact same things. And the results will show. Hundred percent. They won three straight premierships. Who's their coach? Uh, Ivan Cleary. And why? Why? Why are they so successful? It's it, that's an interesting question because I think a lot of it is to do with Ivan Cleary. I think he's an amazing coach and probably is only now starting to get the credit that he actually deserves because what a lot of people forget about Ivan Cleary is he was actually coaching the Warriors back when they made the grand final like 10 years ago and that's the last time the Warriors have made a grand final. Uh, he did a small stint at the Tigers which went super pear-shaped but that club's just an absolute basket case. But a lot of the credit for the Panthers has to be given to Phil Gould because he 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 went to the Panthers, I don't know, it would have been almost 10 years ago now. Um, maybe it was six or seven or eight years ago. 
and he built their entire junior nursery and he, he always referred to the five-year plan he had a five-year plan to bring the panthers from where they were to to where they are now and it was all about we have to develop our local juniors because it's western sydney they've got a massive uh hotbed of potential players in that region but they had no pathways so gus gould built all of that stuff and a lot of the guys that have been playing in this Panthers team that have won the last three pre- uh, premierships, they've all come through the junior grades together. So they've got that cohesiveness. They, you know, you're not. So just... why is that not represented in Origin? Uh, it's actually really, really interesting that you say that because I heard a very interesting take on this a few months ago, which makes a lot of sense to me. I think a lot of it is because it, it comes back to old school NRL club rivalries. Because way back when the Origin concept was first created, back in the 80s, it was the New South Wales Rugby League. It wasn't a national competition. And all the inter-club rivalries were against New South Wales, like New South Wales Club versus New South Wales Club. Like, the biggest rivalry in the league is um, South Sydney versus uh, the Sydney Roosters. Absolutely hate each other. You had the Manly Sea Eagles and the Parramatta Eels. Absolutely hate each other. And all of that stuff comes through to today. So I think a lot of it is actually about those rivalries are still so entrenched in, in those yeah, New South right. Wales clubs. They don't get together in the same way that the Queensland players do when they go into origin. Because I think, like, you even look back at the last time the Broncos were in a grand final. That was 2015, where we got beaten in another, like, the the second most entertaining grand final in recent history by the Cowboys uh, in extra time. And... I, me and probably a lot of other Broncos fans, we weren't even that mad about it because like, uh, yeah. like at least the Cowboys got it. At least Jonathan Thurston won a sure. premiership, you know? So I think, yeah, when the Queensland players get into the origin squad, there is a bond there, a brotherhood there, which doesn't yeah. exist in the New South Wales teams. Interesting. But right. it does exist in the Panthers team. Like they're all brothers. Like they yeah, feel yeah. like a family unit, you know, and they all play for each other. So look, it's amazing what they've done. Um, isn't one of the um, I drove past the when, when I was living in Sydney, mm. I went past the Panthers uh, ground, and it's like it looks like Las Vegas. Yeah, the building the, the building is insane. It's it's that whole strip there is like basically dedicated to that facility. Yeah, well, it's it's the lifeblood of that region, you know. Yeah. So, look, massive props to them. Uh, the game was super entertaining. I'm like I had all. All my normal dickhead mates who back other teams just peppering me for days afterwards. And I'm like, guys, actually, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you were. I, I texted you. I tried to I tried to put the needle in and yeah. you just copped it. And I was like, oh, that, I don't like well, that. You ought to think, we won the Wooden Spoon three years ago. So to go from Wooden Spooners three years ago to, you know, almost sure. winning the Premiership this year. And we've got a, like, I think, statistically speaking, we are the youngest squad in the NRL as well. So all those guys who've just now had that experience, like most of them had never played finals football before. Yeah, yeah. So, and it is a different game. Finals footy is a different game. For sure. Even down to the fact that the referee keeps the whistle in his pocket, which doesn't normally happen in a, in a regular game. So we'll come back. We'll be better for it next year. We lose some really key players, but that'll be fine. We'll cover them and uh, we go again next year. All right, let's move on. What are we going to talk about next? Um, you were mentioning before, like COVID, and that always makes me think about money and the amount of money that we spent on it. So, can we go to? Uh, you had some stuff about the U.S. budget. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Because this is wild. Because I've been predicting, obviously, a, uh, a crash. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, that's, that article may be gone. Hmm. Uh, that's not loading. While you try to figure that out, um, it's actually really interesting that this is happening right now because listeners and, and viewers, if you can put in the comments below... Have you noticed how much more difficult it is to find content these days? It it is it seems that there is websites either being blocked from Google or Twitter's down. Twitter's down. Oh, Twitter is not working on my computer. Okay, that that'd be an interesting development. It, giving yeah. giving everything else that's been going on. Well, it seems to be functioning fine on mine. What? In the hell? Yeah. The... Oh, I know what the, I know what the figure is. Anyway, I, I can tell you what the figure yeah, is. Yeah, cool, cool. Let's just get straight into it. When the so th- there's there's talk of a U.S. government shutdown because of the debt ceiling, yeah. but it's more complicated than that because they actually revoked the ceiling until 2025. There That's is right. no ceiling. Mm-hmm. The U.S. debt is up to 33 trillion dollars yeah and will go up by two trillion dollars uh every year um unless they do something about it yeah and there's no plans to do anything about it no and they probably can't do anything about it which is also interesting too when you consider remember remember how many times have we mentioned on the show how a lot of these financial um goings on just haven't been in alignment so for example we know the u.s economy has not been going well the australian economy economy has not been going well but yet the share market has still been going up and up and up and i know there's been a bit of a correction um just a very minor one over the last week or so but that just hasn't been in alignment and i was listening to something the other day and they were discussing this um, what have you got here? Yeah, so, so the goes. US, the total US debt hits a record thirty three point four four two trillion, up two hundred and seventy five billion dollars in one day. Yeah, yeah. So this is where things get really, really intricate and interesting when you look at the share market, but you also factor in Ukraine as well. So. For, for a layman like you and I, uh, a lot of us go, the US debt went up by $275 billion in one day. How is it possible that the US has got all this additional money to still keep funding Ukraine? And they're not just sending, like funding the war, they're actually funding, like they're paying for all of their public servants and all of these things. Like they're actually paying the wages of government workers over in Ukraine. Like all, I think it's 57,000 government workers that are on the US payroll. So we go, like, how is it possible that they can be so much in debt? Like, the debt ceiling was $31 trillion, and then they made the deal earlier this year to remove the debt ceiling, and it's already gone up by $2 trillion within the last about six months. And you go, so why, why are they doing this? Why, why are they still sending money to Ukraine? And what is interesting is I saw something the other day, and I, I wish I saved it, I really should have. And they were talking about the fact that U.S. government spending for the first time in history 
has actually overtaken private spending within the country. So the entire US stock market, sorry, not the entire, more than 50% of the spending, which is propping up US stocks, is actually the US government purchasing products <coughs> rather than people purchasing products. So this has been my bugbear in Australia. Yeah. Because most, if you go around and just talk to a bunch of people in your, in your, uh, in your network mm-hmm. and you ask them what they do, everyone has some tie to the government in terms of government yeah. spending. Yeah. So, like, our partners are school teachers. Yep. In private schools. Do they get private? Fu- do they get government funding? Sure do. Yes, they do. Um, now, uh, you don't get any. Well, I don't get any. I get things like childcare subsidy, which the government directly pays to help yep. send my kids to kindy. Now, th- also think about how many government employees are there. So, we've, we've got police, councils, uh, fireys, Ambulance. Well, even just look at us. Like, mum works for Queensland Police. My sister-in-law and her partner both work for the council. Yep. Uh, my mother-in-law is also a, te- uh, a teacher's aide at a public school. So, yeah. Yep. Everyone's so, got ties to the government. And now think of how many people are on unemployment benefits. Yeah. Paid for by the government. Mm-hmm. Dude, we're living in, like, socialism. Yeah. The gov- Our taxpayers pay for everyone to live mm-hmm. like nearly like the, the percentage of people that would get government money and when i say government money i mean any dollar given by the government as in form of a subsidy mm-hmm. or direct like as in your employed by or like you know i a, a guy's talking to me goes, i don't work for the government and i'm like but you're a, you work in construction and what what site are you work on oh the roads oh is that private is it yeah uh, yeah yeah, so all the all, a lot of buildings are government contracts. So there's mm-hmm. all these government contracts going on. Yeah. So when anyone wonders why the government is pushing immigration, this is why. This is exactly why. Well, I have a bit of a theory about all this. This is the Alex conspiracy theory. Put your tinfoil hats on. Oh, everyone. let's let's please do this because I was actually going to bring up something similar today. So let's go. This What's is the best way theory? to curb inflation. The best way to curb inflation is so you want you want wages to go down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Best way to push wages down is to flood the market with cheap labour, right? Yeah. So that's where your immigration comes in. Mm-hmm. Now, the big, what are the other big issues? Property pricing, right? Property prices has gone out of control. That's a bit commercial and residential. It's gone out of control. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Well, you you put fentanyl in the um in into the uh, into cities. You take law away, and you just have crime run rife through there. Yep. And and what's that doing to to the cost of you know there was a San Francisco building that sold in twenty twenty. For forty million dollars, sold for twenty million dollars. Yeah. So in three years' time, it lost lost half of its value. That's curbing inflation. That's what we want. So all you need to do is have create a zombie apocalypse of uh, drug overdoses, uh, increase crime to a horrific degree, yeah. and we know what's going to happen, right? All these financial interests are going to come in, buy up everything, buy all the shop fronts, buy all the buildings, yep, buy all the discount. houses, at a massive discount. Then lobby the government to. Uh, start reinforcing, you know, the rule of law mm-hmm. and uh, but being, you know, boom, you're done, you're back. Everything's good. So I, I think that's what a big part of it is. 
can we can we take this a step further into real sure. conspiracy land? Have you ever heard of replacement theory? No. So this is in line with exactly what you were just ta- talking about. Replacement theory is the theory around essentially replacing us Westerners in rich Western countries with immigrants. And the way that uh, it's it's apparently been a UN plan for decades. It is one of the reasons why the West continuously goes and destabilizes poor countries mm-hmm. to drive poor people out of those countries to the West seeking a better life. Those people, when they arrive in a Western rich nation, they are just so happy and thankful to be there that they do all the shit jobs that none of us want to do because we're above those jobs. They also drive down the labor market, like you were saying. There's so many more additional workers available that there's no longer, um, you know, it's all in the employer's uh, hands, not in the employee's hands anymore. And what I found really interesting too, so like just look around the world a little bit. So start with Australia. We have a policy where we are trying to bring in 400,000 immigrants in the next two years. That's a lot of people. We only have a population of 26 million. Like, that's a significant percentage that you're trying to bring in in two years' time. Look at America. Look at the southern border. Why have they never tried to secure the southern border? And there's been all of those theories about... No, no, they have tried to, to secure the southern border. Certain political parties have. Some yeah, tried sorry. to build a wall, and then others have... Sorry, the current Biden administration that actually pulled down part of that wall that was built and yeah. has been essentially saying hey we're open for business have been allowing a record amount of illegal immigrants to come in through the southern border and it gets worse than that too because then there's all of these non-government organizations that house them give them phones give them clothes like that's u.s taxpayer dollars paying for illegals to come through i saw one where they asked a guy he'd come up from um (coughs) nicaragua or panama or something yep and he was on his way up and they said, how can you afford to get here? And he goes, oh, the United Nations gave me this debit card. Yeah. And it's just always got money on it. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? So the UN seems to be involved in a lot of this stuff. And because this is happening all over the world. France has had migration issues for, for a decade where you've had a lot of Africans heading up and, um, and Muslims heading into France. And we've heard many issues about that. I mean, that recent story we covered a few months ago about the... I think it was the boy that got shot by the police. Wasn't mm. he Muslim and caused mm. all of these like sort of... Um, yeah, it was like a race war type thing. Yeah, there was riots and everything that happened then. So this is happening all around the West. And it obviously serves a lot of purposes. Number one, you're replacing uh, rich, expensive Western labor with cheap uh, you foreign, know, labor. foreign labor. But it's interesting too when you even think about things like, you know, who were the most vaccinated nations in the world? All the Western countries. Mm-hmm. All the poor countries had low vaccination rates. Now, we, the way that was sold to us in the West was it's like, oh, it's because, you know, us evil, rich Western nations, we have the money, so we bought up all the vaccine doses up front. But then you're starting to see things like, you know, there's a new study that came out last week which confirms uh, post-vaccination uh, menstruation issues in women. Like, that's been confirmed last week. Now, anyone who's had children knows that 
uh, the menstrual cycle is very important when it comes to trying to conceive and carry children. And if you've got, like that study showed that uh, some women who have even gone through menopause, who haven't had uh, a menstrual cycle for years, have started bleeding again. Well, we, we knew that very early on. We'd heard yeah. anecdotal evidence of that. And I can tell you, uh, because this is my own experience, mm-hmm. our doctor had said that if you were looking to um, conceive or you were pregnant, the TGA advisors, she had the, she'd printed it out, it was sitting under a keyboard, they advise that it's safe and effective yep. for pregnant people and they've never tested it, yep. not once. And, and like I've mentioned on the podcast before, specifically pregnant women and children were excluded from the original phase three trial and we had to switch doctors when my wife was pregnant with Jake because our doctor continuously wanted to vaccinate my wife mm. while she was pregnant when they were excluded from the trial. There was no data at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. So your replacement theory. Replacement yeah. So theory. in other words, you get back to it and you go, okay, so we spoke about Japan before. What has Japan got? Japan's got an aging population. They've got a loneliness epidemic. Um, we've mentioned on the, on the show before, uh, a lot of Japanese young men don't ever even think that they're going to get married and have children or anything like that. That's not even a goal for them anymore. Okay. So the, the traditional Japanese people will end up dying off and being replaced. You'll, you've got, um, you've had declining um, uh, birth rates in Western nations. Now, that's not a recent thing. Like, there has been some evidence of um, vaccine-related uh, birth rate decline, but it it's, also, right of that too. it's been declining for decades. And you think about all of the other reasons for that too. It's like, you, you know, you've got microplastics uh, that are in all of our cleaning products and um, shampoo. Also, well, I think the big one is is the push for women in the workplace to get to, to start working. And, yep. you know, gender pay gap and all that was like a, you know, why why would you, uh, you're perpetual, like it's almost as if a woman is perpetuating the gender pay gap if they do stay home and have a kid. Totally. And, and hey, presto, uh, within two decades, when we pushed women into the workplace, all of a sudden, if you've got a family you both need to work just to be able to afford to survive. Isn't it funny uh, how that now, worked out? And the stuff that you can't afford is stuff that's funded by the government. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, in other words, you've got declining death, uh, declining birth rates, you've got ageing populations, you've got infertility, and all of us are the ones who are used to a rich Western lifestyle. And yet, our governments continue to get involved in conflicts in poor countries, driving those people out of those countries, and they all end up on the doorstep of us, or America, or Canada, or the European Union. That's replacement theory. The theory that the UN is driving this on purpose to replace us, to therefore bring in the next couple of generations of cheap labour, so the corporations can continue to profit off it. It also could be a destabilisation destabilization method there, there's an argument out there that the u.s is at involved in various conflicts in africa to purposely push migrants into europe to destabilize europe yep that's that could that well, look maybe that's just someone looking at what's happening and going this is why the u.s is doing that mm. but it literally could just be this u.n plan it's like okay yeah. we can't have a, a European country go in and destabilize these nations which are close to Europe and will therefore drive migrants back to Europe because 
but then the the country that has the problem also has a solution and all the voters there might go hey let's just stop destabilizing that country and then this illegal migration problem won't be a problem anymore does that is that a nice segue into the aec scandal well is it a scandal about the referendum coming up yeah, well, look, we've got to talk about The Voice, don't we? So this yeah. will be the last podcast that drops before we have to vote either yes or no in the Indigenous Voice to Parliament, Parliament referendum, uh, which is on the 14th of October, I believe, Saturday the 14th of October. So there has been a bit of a scandal that came up during the week. And it's very interesting, again, when you juxtapose it against a COVID dissident, for example. And I don't know if you're even aware of this angle. So... The AEC, the Australian Electoral Commission, they recently had a tweet. Have you got the tweet? No. Okay, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just read it here because I saved it. So they actually tweeted out, if someone votes at two different polling places within their electorate and places their formal vote in the ballot box at each polling place, their vote is counted. And underneath that, they, they followed up by saying, we cannot remove the vote from the count because due to the secrecy of the ballot, we have no way of knowing which ballot paper belongs to which person. However, the number of double votes received is incredibly low and usually related to mental health or age. Give me your thoughts on this first before I get into it. So trying to be black and white having an understanding of how the electoral system works Mm -hmm. i can easily see how we are not set up to stop multiple voting because if you go into a joint they open a book up your name's in the book they cross your name out of the book Mm -hmm. if you walk down the road your name is still there unchecked therefore you can go in they can cross your name out again and you can vote again Mm -hmm. Now, I would have assumed that, at a minimum, you would destroy all double-ups, right? So so my rationale would say, okay, so if you have conflicting, and I get what they're saying, like, let's say if one was yes and one was no, when you when you go, oh, the same person has, has voted twice, which one do you pick? You know, well, it's a donkey vote. So bin it, is what I would, is what I would do. Yeah, I get their point, though, because... The ballots themselves are unmarked. There's no identifying numbers or anything or names on on the ballot. So I understand why they say you can't pull it out. And essentially what happens is... Because it is illegal to vote twice. So they do cross-reference these rolls afterwards. And if you have been seen to have voted multiple times, you get sent fines. I think that you can be, you know, imprisoned as well. I think the penalties are actually quite harsh. Um, But as they... As long as you voted the right way, you'll be fine. Well, exactly. And the issue that I have with this, me personally, is you're exactly right. This exposes that it is... This is not just about the referendum. This is about our voting system. It has always been possible for voter fraud to occur in Australia. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. Same as it's always been possible for voter fraud to occur in the United States of America. Yeah always and in fact it's easier for voter fraud to occur in america because it's non-compulsory to vote so you actually don't have to vote and this is what this was um like donald trump's whole uh thing about the 2020 election during COVID, they sent out every single registered voter a mail-in ballot 
But those people, you didn't have to vote if you didn't want to, which meant you were sent a ballot you were never going to use. And then you would have these, like, either Democrat run, I'm sure the Republicans did the same thing, but maybe not to the same extent. Uh, you would have these groups that would go out to poor neighborhoods. They were actually paying people for their ballots. Yeah. Might have only be five bucks, ten bucks, a food stamp, whatever. But you could actually pay people. It's a thing called ballot harvesting. And ballot harvesting actually isn't illegal in like 30 states or something. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head. So it's actually not illegal in America to do that. So the reason why I bring this up, I, I don't want to really get into the whole Donald Trump and relitigate the 2020 election thing. All I want to say is this. When the mainstream media keeps coming out and saying to you, oh, it's, you know, we've got fair and secure elections and blah, 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 blah. Guess what? With this referendum vote, do you know what the AEC could do? They could have an online system with everyone in the voter roll on it. So when you have to go in and you have to go up to the person to get your ballots and they go, okay, what's your name? And, you know, they make sure that you're on the list for the electorate. That could be on a laptop instead of a piece of paper. No, I've got an even better one because that, that to me is even more hackable. So my, my version, and this crypto is supposed to do this, it should be on a blockchain. Yeah, okay, because even if better. You, if you, even if better. you put it on a blockchain, it's verifiable, yep. it's unhackable, it's undeniable, there's no double, double spend. That, that's, that's how I would... And, that's how it should be done. Or, if you even just wanted to do it um, that, like, on the paper way, you could just post out a, a, a voting card to every single person that to get your ballot paper, you have to hand over your voting card. Done. Well, and or you could do the paper one. When the paper one is submitted, it's scanned directly to a blockchain. So when the second vote goes thing, it just gets bounced straight away because it's already in the system. Again, no identifiers on the votes. But in, what, in other words, what we're saying is there is a million different ways that you could solve this problem. Yeah, yeah. There is a reason why they're not solving the problem. Because yeah, this a bit of leeway. Exactly. Just a little yeah. bit of wiggle room, a little bit of selective ambiguity. Yeah. Um, it's so, fascinating to me. It's fascinating because not only is it possible, but the Australian Electoral Commission literally advertised on their X page how to do it. I wouldn't be surprised. So it, every poll shows that no is going to get up, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised if they just say, oh, you'll just like 90% yes 96% yes yeah I I would not be surprised totally I totally agree now Um, nice little segue there before onto the Donald Trump stuff I just don't want to go to the Trump stuff yet there's one more thing I want to say about the AEC because there was another scandal that happened over the last week or so where you've had these polling booths because pre-polling pre-voting has been set up for about a week and a half now and at all these polling booths there's been all of these signs with Mm. AEC uh coloring and messaging on it like voting center vote here etc etc and the yes campaign has erected similar signs saying vote yes in the exact same color scheme yeah as the aec to make it look as though that uh, australian electoral commission is advocating for the yes vote which they kind of are but uh that is that's dodgy and it's illegal and it's actually something that a I can't remember which politician it was, but Voice for Victoria posted up a liberal politician tried to do the same thing a few years ago and got completely dudded over it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were actually forced to remove all of their signs from the polling booths and all that sort of stuff, right? The AEC's just come out and gone, oh, yeah, no, we sent them a message and uh, they said that they'll attempt to rectify it. 
Yeah. Now, the reason why I think this is super interesting is I don't know if any of you guys will remember this, but do you remember when the AEC took Craig Kelly to court over the font sizing on his yeah. electoral, uh, his posters? Yeah. Saying it wasn't the correct size. And this went through the courts for like six months and he was proven to be correct? Yeah. So don't you find that fascinating? But... I mean, how many how many courts how many court cases have gone against the government? So that was Craig Kelly. Yeah, that was against a exactly member. Yep, but this is against the government. Therefore, they will get away with it. Yeah, because the government and, is advocating for the yes campaign. Yeah, the government and, and, wants this to happen, and which is totally not how a referendums supposed to work. Just so everyone's aware, the government is not supposed vein, to spend see, money on just one side of the campaign. Did you see the uh, Senate? inquiry where they got the new boss of Qantas in and they wanted to know they were grilling her on mm. when did you decide that like what process did you go through to decide that you were going to advocate for the yes campaign yeah and they said we didn't like so okay so who made that decision don't know yeah. okay so was it the leprechaun mm, well we don't know okay so no one in the board of directors yeah. knew oh no the board of directors were told Okay, they'll told what? Oh, that we'd be advocating for the yes. Okay, who told them that? That's oh, right. Oh, the Yeah, yeah. And what I found fascinating about that, because that clip, I think I posted that on the VK Bros, maybe. Um, that was a fairly long, like it was, it was three to five minutes of questioning that all happened in that one clip. And what I just found so arrogant about these Qantas executives was they were, they'd literally been dragged before an inquiry by the government to answer questions about their, essentially, collusion with government. And they just kept trying to say, oh, we'll have to take that question on notice. Oh, I'm not sure of the answer to that. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember that date. This is like, how I would these pe- Don't forget, though, these people got $2 billion of taxpayer yeah, money during the pandemic. That's why the government's handling this wrong. So if I, I'd, just be, I'd say to them, all right, yep. no one's getting any money until someone banned. questions. You're banned. No one is getting a fucking dollar yep. until someone answers these questions. Oh, 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 we'll answer. We'll answer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, it's ridiculous. But again, or, or if you, if you, you know, if you take my libertarian view on it, there should be no money given to anyone. I'm totally with you on that. Like yeah. every single business should be allowed to fail. If you yep. are a shit business, you should fail. Oh, we're going to lose Australian jobs. Guess what? Those jobs are going to go to their competitors who are running their companies better. Well, no, in, in the case of COVID, if I was Qantas in the libertarian world and the government tried to shut me down, I would have sued the government for yep. me losing my, my, my job. And then they would have released... They, they wouldn't have had a leg to stand on and they would have allowed you to operate. That's right. Or they Just would like have given you some form of compensation anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Trump? Yeah, let's go to Trump. Now, I'm going to preamble this with, I actually don't think Trump's going to be good for the world. Okay. Right? Trump Trump winning. I think he's going to win, right? I'm, I'm like 90% sure he's going to win. I don't yeah. necessarily think it's good. It's better than Biden, for sure. It's actually... I'd love to see uh, Kennedy in, but I just don't. I just can't see it happening. So it's interesting you say that. I'm less convinced that Trump will win now that Kennedy is running as an independent. Yeah, but that's the whole reason why I think he can't win. Why Trump can't win? No, why Kennedy can't win. 
Well, I think it means both of them can't win because I think more Republicans align with Kennedy than True. Democrats. True. So I think Kennedy's more likely to pull voters away from Trump rather than pull voters away from Joe Biden. So I, I put myself through this. It was an NBC News article. It was an hour and 18 minutes long. And we're going to play the entire thing for you right now. <laughs> no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a snippet, not even a selected snippet. This was just the first time this happened. Yep. And I want to show it because it, it was basically, it was probably 40 minutes of it, of, of this particular reporter uh, using this technique. Right. I think she, I can't ascertain whether she got tired of doing it and gave up giving Trump the victory. Yep. Or at one stage he said, you keep doing this thing and you need to stop. Right. So Tasha thinks it's the latter. I think it might be the former. I just think she didn't have the energy to fight. Now, the reason why I want to bring it up is you might hate the man, but he's a master communicator. Totally. A master. Now, if NBC did not send their best to have this interview, so this is a left-leaning news outlet, mm-hmm. and he sat with them long form. I've got a theory on this too. Mm-hmm. They know what they are doing is not journalism, and there is no integrity in it, so they can't afford to burn their best people on it because they know it's a suicide mission. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right, so let let me let me play. This is just this one clip. And what what I want you to listen out for is... Uh, now, we've spoken about this before. The technique where you finish a sentence. No, you they say a statement you don't like. Mm-hmm. You dismiss it and instantly change the subject. Yeah. Okay, that's what we're on the hunt for. Now, my computer is wigging it now. Yeah. Uh, the audio is not coming through. Okay, sorry. I think I was on the wrong... Wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. Wait a sec. Let's go... Like... Is that working? Hold on. No, audio is still not coming through. Okay, hold Which on, is hold funny because we literally just tested this before the show too. Yeah, it might be something I'm doing. Hold While on, you figure this that one. out. Let's try this one. Hold on. A lot of years, yeah, I people who I thought it was uh, just horrible what happened, but they were put in jail for many, many years, rappers and others. So, look, it's, it's a bad thing, uh, but it's one of 12... And it's the one charge that doesn't affect Joe Biden. Well, of course, there's no evidence that the president has any link to his son's business dealings. Let me ask you, though. Okay, so she said word for word, of course. Mm -hmm. So it's saying that it's obvious. Everyone knows this. Yeah, there's no link to basically what you just said. Now, let me ask you about something completely different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll just, we'll just do it again. That the president and it's the one charge that doesn't affect Joe Biden. Well, of course, there's no evidence that the president has any link to his son's business dealings. Let me ask you, though, well, I don't, about a I don't second. necessarily well, agree. No- yeah, Trump's not going to let it get away with it. No. That's what's and beautiful. Most people fall for it. That's one of his gifts, is he yeah. he does not let people get away with stuff. He um, will keep Prasad, going back. Vinay, uh, uh, Prasad is the same. Uh, no, uh, Vinay sorry, Prasad. Ramaswamy. 
sorry. Oh, yeah, Vivek sorry. Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy, he doesn't let people get away with it either. Yeah. But, but listen to this. He called in. You mean he called in all these meetings? He was calling in on the meetings. He was put on speakerphone and you mean, every single day. And the witness literally testified. many, many calls. And, uh, and what about the fact that he got rid of the prosecutor for a billion dollars? Well, the said, witness you don't, testified. You don't get rid of this prosecutor. We're not giving you a billion dollars to Ukraine. He said that. I mean, there are a lot of things here. Mr. President, the witness who testified, though, said that he never heard any discussion of business when President Biden was put on the phone. Well, you saw the prosecutor thing about... on television because I saw it on your network. He said, you don't get rid of this prosecutor. I'm not giving one billion dollars. That was looked into as well. And as you know, there was oh, never any wrongdoing. To if if I ever said that, on. quid pro and as you know, yeah, like it's just bullshit. As that, you know, that was looked too, into as well, and you know that there was there was nothing wrong there. But keep ready. Let's, well. let's move on to what a second Trump term would look sure. like. Now that it was that over and over and over yeah. and over and over again. Now what I I went through the comments and look, I full disclosure, I don't know how algorithmically affected comments are. In you on youtube i don't know if youtube just shows me the comments that it thinks i want to see yeah i'm not sure about this either because i've had a similar experience recently yeah um now for some reason uh the comments aren't loading but i might shut that down because that's like cooking um a lot of people were like okay balls to nbc for putting leaving it up full um unedited and as yep. far as i can see it's unedited like which because, which all the big networks probably learned from the andrew tate bbc interview maybe maybe yeah but um she i would like to think and i'm gonna i'm trying to run this experiment i've sent it to some like middle ground people to get their feedback i'm trying to get a lefty to listen to it but unsuccessfully like because the best thing is well don't listen to it then you don't interact to it yeah yeah I want to know, because I think any objective human that listens to the line of questioning and the way that she tried to manipulate the conversation, surely you can see that that is loaded. Surely. Now, yeah. I'm, saying, I'm not saying that this is a left-only trait. I'm definitely not saying that. But someone put it in the, con in, in the comments also. Because you see, like, Fox News will do the exact same thing. Totally. It's, to, it's a, just a Democrats. manipulation trick. It's not... But, yeah, but this person said in the... But this person said in the comments, which got it right, they said, I wish someone would ask Biden these questions instead of what flavoured ice cream he likes. Yeah, totally. And when when you say this this manipulation tactic is not exclusively a leftist thing, it's not. Where the concern is with the difference is that I think uh, people who subscribe, who are maybe far left or even super left-leaning... I think this works on them more because they are more emotional and data doesn't matter as much yeah, to true. them. Because on, on a right-leaning person, if you use this tactic and then the person goes, yeah, but here's the data, this is the proof, we go, oh, okay, well, I believe him because he's he yeah. bought receipts. Whereas a left-leaning person who is more emotional is like, yeah, fuck Trump. Like, he's the problem. Now, I playing devil's advocate, if you didn't like the guy, you could easily see and go and say, oh, he just rambles on. He just talks about himself. Yeah, he kept repeating himself. Yeah. yeah because yeah, she you... just kept repeating the same bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And I, I heard you tried to pin him. 
She tried to pin him, interestingly, she tried to pin him on foreign policy and what he would do to China if they invaded Taiwan. And he goes, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to... Like, I'm not going to give away my... Like, oh, I have no link to stand on. I'm not going to tell you what my military tactics that's are. That's right, yeah. I'm not going to say it on TV. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's like that's cool. Like, why don't more people say that? Like, that's... Exactly, because that's honesty. That's, like, yeah. transparency. That's what we all actually want. But she, the way she worded it was like, oh, will you put troops on the ground in Taiwan? Yeah. Well, it's the it's same like, as the um, CNN town hall they did where they were like, uh, don't you want Ukraine to win? Yeah. And then he's like, I want people to stop dying. Yeah, yeah, best answer. He doesn't get into this, yeah. And look, he is a master, a master. In my opinion, it was like 10 to 0. She, yeah. They're looking for a clip, and they couldn't yeah. get it. But, but again, like you said, the viewer base who's probably going to watch that is actually a lot smaller than you'd think, because Maybe, on that yeah. network, most right-leaning Trump fans probably aren't going to watch it at least they're not, they're not going to watch the whole thing they're yeah. going to get to a point where they get frustrated and switch it off and all the left-leaning people they're probably not going to watch it either because they hate trump so they're like why would you yeah i don't need to watch that i know he's a dickhead yeah exactly um like, listen- I, I do i so you know just so everyone knows yes i tend to lean right well i would say i lean right but i actually want the whole government to burn down like that's my, yeah. my stance is <laughs> yeah. like i'm more libertarian like i wish there was no systems of chaos, let chaos reign like that's that's where if you want to know what my political uh 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 what's the word like like where i stand politically yeah get rid of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> right, so you're libertarian it. essentially <laughs> yeah which now, i'm the same now um uh, if oh, i can't remember what my point was going to be about this while you think of it, it'll it'll come. It might come back to you. I heard I was listening to today's episode of No Agenda, and they brought up a great media manipulation um, word track that they they discovered, which was they had someone a doctor appearing on one of these normal lefty news shows, and they were asking them something about. Can't remember whether or not it was a, a COVID vaccine, a booster, or a new vaccine, or whatever. But it was it was obviously. Um, designed to advertise this product to people. And they asked him a question, which was essentially trying to say, hey, say this positive company line thing about this product. And he's a doctor. So he brings gravitas to what to his statement sure. because he's a professional, right? And then the line, I can't remember the exact word for word, but it was something along the lines of this. Well, a lot of people think, and it may be true that... Oh, or it might not be. It may or may not be. And it's a lot and of people also, think it. It also might not be me as a doctor thinking it, but I am a doctor and I'm repeating it so you will take yeah, it as I'm saying nice, this thing. Nice, See, nice. a lot of people think, and it may be true, that in fact, this thing, it was so interesting because that is not a normal thing that comes out of someone's mouth. That is a funny? trained word track. I know we've said it before, but it's just getting worse and worse. John Campbell, YouTube superstar yep who got big over the covid pandemic nice old british gentleman right wing neo-nazi extremist uh, well no you know early days strong 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 lefty jason got onto him jason got me onto him he said like we had the, the strategy was let's not expose ourselves to own like don't put ourselves in an echo chamber yeah we need to listen to what the other side is so we found a pro-vax doctor yep um or professor nurse right who's giving us 
data and information. Yep. And originally for me, it was a hate listen because I'm like, this is, I don't yep. believe any of this stuff at all, but I'm going to force myself to listen to it. So we did it. Dude, he's like three episodes off from being on Alex Jones. I know. He's like, he's, and what, what I find so surprising, and this is my new go-to line, of course you don't think this stuff is real because you haven't looked. Yes. Look, just go look. Yep. Go look for yourself and you will find it. It's all there. But the only, the only way to avoid the reality is not to look. If you don't look, you put your head in the sand, you won't see it. If you look and you don't have to look that hard, because like, you know, like we've modified the way that, that, that we do our research, the shit is on the fucking government websites, That's man. That's right. Because it's those, all, those are the only there. websites you can actually get to anymore because everything yeah. else is banned from the internet. Yeah. But Elon Musk put a good tweet up this week and it was just as simple as saying, uh, don't believe what you're told, believe what you see. Well, Alex Jones says, believe... Uh, believe nothing that you hear and only half of what you see. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> Be wary either way. But yeah. it's so true because, um, like, I, I, just a brief example, I had a conversation with someone during the week who had heard from an acquaintance of theirs who spoke to their brother. So we're talking third, fourth-hand information yep. here, who apparently is a scientist, don't know what sort of scientist, and heard about how... Um, harrowing it was during the beginning of COVID because he was in and out of hospital seeing everyone dying from COVID and how uh, the vaccines are safe and effective. And he's tested them himself, which is remarkable to me that an Australian scientist has tested these vaccines themselves since our own Therapeutic Goods Administration didn't do any of their own testing before yeah, proving yeah, the thing. Yeah. Oh, that's a novel idea. That's right. And actively blocked Australians who had vaccines from testing their vaccines. That's right. So he apparently has tested them himself and everything's hunky-dory and 100% safe and effective. And they said this to me because this is someone I've been having conversations with for the whole pandemic who just wants to believe that the government response was the right thing to do because it's the easy way out. They just want to believe it so much. And I said, I find it fascinating that we've been speaking about this for three years now and you believe the third-hand account of someone you've never met before, who you don't even know what their credentials are, whether they're a fucking scientist or not, they haven't displayed what the scientific method was that they used to test these things, you are willing to believe that person over me, even though I've shown you all the scientific studies I've read. I've got three years of receipts on a podcast where you can go back and watch every episode, apart from the ones that are banned off YouTube, yeah. um, to go through all the data that we've been through. But yeah. this is all I want to say to you that the the conclusion that that person came to was that these vaccines are both safe and effective well that's what you've been told this is what i see since the vaccines came oh, sorry in 2020 when we talk about these excess death rates all the time they removed 2020 from the initial calcul the five-year average calculation because the the number of deaths in 2020 was below average that was when the pandemic kicked off, right? And since then, the excess death rate has increased year on year on year. So we're actually still at about a 15 to 20% excess death rate in 2023. In That's from the 15 to 19 average. That's right. Yeah. So this is what I see. Pre-vaccine, less people died. And you can make all the arguments in the world around, you know, lockdowns and mask wearing or whatever. But this is just the pure basic data. Uh, less people died overall in 2020 and 900 people died apparently with, with or from COVID. 
The year after that, 2021, which is when the vaccines came in, more people died overall and 1,300 people died of COVID or with COVID. In 2022, when 95% of our country apparently was at least was at least double dose vaccinated, we had a 20% excess death rate for the year. And I don't know exactly how many people died just last year alone, but I checked the total stats uh, yesterday, no, a few days ago. And in Australia, we've had just under 23,000 deaths from or with COVID in total for the pandemic. So if you take the first two years, 2020, 2021, you had 900 to 1300. So there's 2200 deaths in the first two years. At the end of 2021, 95% of the country is fully vaccinated. And since then, we've had 20,000 deaths from COVID. So what I see is yeah. that not only does the vaccine not save people from COVID, because everyone who's vaccinated died at a far higher rate than they did beforehand, but we've also got the excess death rate on top of that. So I don't give a fuck what your scientist mate says, because he's so, wrong. <laughs> I know this is anecdotal. This, this means nothing, but it's still worth putting out there. There's a guy on my Facebook most pro-vax guy in the world. I am the most like, go get vaccinated. Had the, you know, had the shots in his bio. Second shot, they did something wrong with it. His whole body, like he was in hospital. He went straight to hospital. He's yeah. the whole left side of his body bruised. Photos of it, everything. Yeah, right. And in his thing was like, I'm the I'm more pro-vax than anyone, but like this thing did this to me and da-da-da-da-da. Still yeah. pro-vax. Still like pushed the third vax. I'm sure he's got all of them. He's been posting up, man, I'm just like, has anyone got any, I need to do something. I'm sick all the time. <laughs> Look, I'm sick. I'm sick of being sick. I'm sick all the time. And he's trying all this carnivore so diet. So as VADES, vaccine yeah, acquired yeah. immunodeficiency disorder. Which, I mean, we'd spoken about it. We'd, yeah. we'd spoken about it. And um, that data, and look, to, you know, the, the data that we kept looking at too, because we didn't know. We didn't know. We had, we knew they didn't know. That's right. So we kept a close eye on the data. And as the vaccine rate increased in Australia, so did the the um, test rate. Uh, sorry, did the, the positive rate. test the, and the death rate. It all went up. It went yep. parabolic yep. as soon as it started. Like, ah, oh, so it doesn't do it. You know, it, it, it doesn't do what we know that they don't know it does. Yep. So that that's been a bit. It has been a bit frustrating. Uh, the fact that there's still in America, they're still pushing it. I think is they're still pushing it over here. They're still recommending that I everyone guess I just over six months of age gets a booster shot. They're Here? Still re- yes. They're still oh, recommending thought... that in Australia. Right. I didn't know well, that. Well, dude, think about it. We're about to open a fucking Moderna factory in Victoria. Like, of course we want to push this. Yeah, we've got to shift them units, man. That's we've got to right. shift them units. That's right. I had heard I'd heard something. Yeah, this might be a very... Uh, what's the word? Controversial? Yeah, it's controversial, but it, it Stupid. might... Stupid. Maybe stupid, but I heard someone say that the big pharma successfully recategorized the flu into something they could sell a hundred million or a hundred billion dollars worth of products to. Successfully, we all fell for it. Yeah. And now that is, in a way, it is a fact. The two two things that that, that support that hypothesis is number one, there was no flu, so. Yeah. In the literal sense, it replaced flu. Because mm-hmm. we get flu cases. We had no flu cases. They were replaced with COVID cases. Yep. So that, that, I could see how that argument could be made. Mm-hmm. And two, I can't remember what province in Canada. Was it 
Ontario, Ontario, sure. early days, some rich. Um, oh, was this a, the trucker? No, I don't think it was a trucker. This re- I thought he was a guy who owned a factory. He didn't want to close. And he said, prove to me that you can tell me the difference between the cold and COVID-19 yeah. in the scientific, like you can print out, this is what the genome sequence is and this, this is what it is. And the court either ruled that they couldn't, that they either said they couldn't or they weren't willing to take the case. Therefore, that state never had lockdowns, never yeah. had mandates. Yeah, I remember that. And that was really, really early on. We just I don't thought talk he about owned it a trucking company or something. Like Maybe, he was yeah, quite yeah, wealthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a wealthy guy. So, I mean, it could be. Look, it absolutely could be. And like, because look, at the end of the day, whether it is or it isn't, the whole thing was a psyop, totally. Yeah, you know, and absolutely. Like, and, and sorry, just to people who think that, that that's a crazy way to think. No, no, no. We were the only people that did it. We were the only people that... Act- I just came from a country that didn't go buck wild like we did. It was only a select few of Western, predominantly white countries mm-hmm. that acted crazy, Yeah. right? We got psyoped. It's not like if you went to, you know, India, the, the Uttar Pradesh thing, yeah. that they had a system in place to medicate the people yeah. as, as they got the thing and then they rang them up to help them. Like there's so much evidence to just say that we went fucking crazy, man. Totally. Just, I mean, my my absolute most basic mental bullshit things that I bring up all the time about the pandemic are, um, as far as treatment goes, we told people to stay home until they couldn't breathe and then go to a hospital, number mm-hmm. one. Um, number two, we obviously banned anything that could have potentially worked as, a, uh, as an early treatment option. Like going outside? Yeah. And number okay. three... And you've just you've just stepped on it for me, and now I'm Sorry. like, well, like, what was my number three? Um, oh, uh, we we said that there was no such thing as natural immunity to it. Yeah, when a vaccine is supposed to just train your immune system in how to in to recognize a virus and how to attack it, we we said for over twelve months that you couldn't get natural immunity from this thing. It's funny. I just made a meme in my in my head of what you just said, where. So this vaccine does train your immunity, but it's that. Have you seen that, that footage of the? It looks like an English like Premier League game, and there's that old man who's got the. He's supposed to be like checking people's pockets if they've got knives, and he's like, it's just a big line of people, and he's not even touching them, and he's just like, come in, <laughs> <laughs> come in, come yeah. in. That's what it's doing to pathogens now. Come yeah. in, come in. Yeah, and look, you know, it sounds conspiratorial, but. Maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe. Oh, hold on. There's that crazy... Did you see that crazy WEF clip? Which one? An interview... Yeah, I mean, they're all crazy. But there was one where this lady was saying, we didn't successfully vaccinate everyone, so we need to reassess the way we do things now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's around water. I mean, everyone needs water, so maybe we do something with water. Right. Did, did you see that? I didn't see that. No. Oh, am I, I have to find it now, don't I? It'll end up being Bill Gates' bioengineered mosquitoes. Um, talk about something else. Why? Uh, see if I can find this clip. Well, while you try to find this clip, what I wanted to wrap on, just to bring it all back up into a nice little bow, is this. The biggest issue that we had with COVID, and one of the reasons why Alex and I sort of cotton onto it so early, being salespeople, is that we realised... We were essentially being told by the government to take a leap of faith with no data. So we were told, 
you know, even before the vaccines, that COVID, it was killing all of these people. You need to, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve. We need to lock you in your house. You can't go to work because, you know, t- just just trust us. Just trust us. Take a leap of faith with no data. And then the vaccine rollout began. And we had Greg Hunt announcing it with Scott Morrison saying, it's safe and effective. I mean, we'd apparently never seen this pathogen before ever in a million years. It's this brand new thing. And we've also been able to use brand new vaccine technology we've never been able to get right before. And we've gotten it done within 12 months. Great news. It is safe and effective. Take a leap of faith. We have no data. We have no data, but we're telling you it's safe and effective. Take that leap of faith. Just trust us. That is exactly what we're being asked to do this weekend with the voice referendum. Because the voice, re- re- voice referendum, there's all these arguments about, oh, you can read the Uluru Statement. Oh, it's, it's all, it, all the information's online. No, this is the guts of it. We read it. It yeah, makes no sense. Totally. It says nothing. But, but this, is, this is what we're being asked to do. T- let the government enshrine a, a a body called the Indigenous Voice to Parliament in the Constitution so we can never get rid of it unless we have another referendum. And then let the government write the details in the legislation after the fact on how it's going to work. So just, you have no data at the moment, you have no data, but just take the leap of faith, trust us, just like you did during COVID. It's the same thing. Yeah. Which is why yeah, I'm voting is- no. I, f- uh, I found the WEF thing. That's also, of course, true with COVID, right? We are all only as healthy as our neighbor is on our street and our city and <clears throat> our region and our nation and globally. And did we solve that? Like, did we actually manage to vaccinate everyone in the world? No. So highlighting water as a global commons and what it means to work together and see it both out of that kind of global commons perspective, but also the self-interest perspective, because it is it does have that parallel. It's not only important, but it's also important because we haven't managed <laughs> to solve those problems with, which had similar attributes. And water is something that people understand. You know, climate change is a bit abstract. Some people understand it really well. Some understand it a bit. Some just don't understand it. Water, every kid knows how important it is to have water. When you're playing football and you're thirsty, <laughs> you need water. So there's also something about really getting citizen engagement around this and really in some ways experimenting with this notion of the common good can we actually deliver this time in ways that we have failed miserably other times and hopefully we won't keep failing on the other things but anyway yeah i know how to do it communism just go straight communist that's that's all they're asking for straight communism and and we're already teetering that way because of the pandemic because another thing that came out of it was how our um our medical system turned full communist during covid because it was no longer about individual doctor-patient relationship. It was everything was about public health. What is in the good of the public? So your doctor was being told by your government to tell you to take a shot because it's going to be good for everyone else. That's the opposite of how medicine used to work. It's always supposed to be the doctor treats the patient in front of them. Mm. Break free. Yeah. Be healthy. Yeah, so look, welcome back to the show, Alex. It's good to have you back. It's nice to have someone to bounce off. Uh, And look, for all of you out there, uh, whichever way you vote in this referendum, uh, it is what it is, and we're going to have to fucking do some real healing afterwards, either way. Uh, I'm voting no, because again, I don't write, uh, I don't sign blank contracts with the government, and I don't think that you guys should either. And if you want to do something like The Voice to actually close the gap, cool. Don't tell me you're going to close the gap. Show me the plan of how you're going to do it, and then I'll consider it. 
letting go. Thanks, guys. See you next week.